Hi, everybody. I'm John. And I'm Ann. And this is John, John and Ann's Wrestling, Wrestling Podcast. God, I was really in it. I'm really dizzy now. Yeah, I can't. Um, From the headbanging. Yeah, I can't. I can't headbang. Whoa. Like I used to, okay. you know. All right. Okay. Like an it's fine. six. It's fine. If you're not watching this on video, um, sorry, we have. Uh, yeah, we were headbanging and dancing to the theme song as we do. And yeah. um, we were we were work playing instruments. So we were shoot headbanging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, welcome to John and Ann's wrestling podcast. The, um, the only wrestling podcast with John and Ann. Yeah, the only one, unless we go on somebody else's podcast. Yeah. So, so we should be careful about. Yeah, you know, for branding. Taking that mantle. Um, yeah. This week's episode, we're doing a very special episode about um, the thing that holds your pants up. Yeah, that's right. And also the thing that John feels very passionate about that is constantly changing and a topic of conversation in wrestling suspenders. Championship suspenders. Yeah. Oh my God! Somebody should do that. Oh man, XSW should do that. Uh, yeah. Well, now you said it on the podcast, so anybody could take that idea. Damn it! Yeah. Uh, don't. If you have a comedy wrestling promotion, and I know there's tons, Meat and Potatoes Wrestling, um, that yeah. who just had a show last night that I wish I could be at, but you know it was in L.A., so long commute for me. Anyway, we're here to talk about belts. Belts. Championship. Belts. Specifically. Yes. Other belts are great. I'm wearing one right now. I wore a Burberry belt to see, uh, to go to Dynamite at UBS Arena yeah. back in June. Yeah, no. LBB. No, it, it was, was April. April, yeah. God, what are months anymore? Um, LBB, Lil Burberry belt. Yeah, I wore my Lil Burberry belt that mm -hmm. I've had for like 20 years mm -hmm. <laughs> that I never wear. And I was like, oh, this will show everybody that I'm an MJF fan. And then I like got to the arena and realized I was just dressed nicely with a Burberry belt and that I just looked like a mom who was there to, with her kids. You just, yeah, you just um, kind of looked like a regular Long Island mom. Yeah. <laughs> also, speaking of which, it was kind of hard for you to be like, I'm going to be the biggest MJF fan when there's literally MJF's mom was there with a sign that said, I'm MJF's mom. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. we were sitting in front of uh, Sue Beretta. We were. Uh, Trent's mom, Sue. Yeah. We were sitting in front of his whole family, actually. Yeah. They had a sign that said, we are Trent's family. And then we were like, are they really? And then after Trent's mom, Sue, who because he's also from Long Island, so his family lives there. So she drove them to the ring in the minivan. And then after that, she came up to our section and walked right past us and sat right behind us. Yeah. It was pretty exciting for us. I was, I was marking out. We were marking out. We were both marking out pretty hard. Uh Anyway, so we're going to talk about championship belts. Yeah, we might get into some some other topics as well. But you we're... wanted to defend them. Now, my I guess my first question is: Are there people who think that wrestling shouldn't have belts? I, you know what? I think I have heard people be like, belts are not important at all, and they like don't matter at all. And I'm like, they like don't matter. They don't matter at like, all. Like yeah. the cops came and they said, "This is fine." fine. Uh, I have heard people, be, and and I, I've also seen people get mad at like the Roman Reigns run, and I saw some stupid comment on a wrestling article about like, 
because Roman Reigns just surpassed like another long title reign, and people are like, like it doesn't even matter, you know, the fake belts and the fake wrestling. Like, why get mad about it? I'm like, there has to be like something that matters, because <laughs> I get that it's choreographed and whatever, but it's like. You have to have if if nothing like if you're like nothing matters it doesn't matter at all everything's whatever it's like then well, why are we watching this the way that I look at belts in wrestling as a person who's on the newer side of wrestling fandom mm-hmm. as in I've only been a wrestling fan for six or seven years um, <laughs> like the way I look at belts is it's who the star of the show is right now mm. like it's like you know how when you watch like a character driven series sometimes you'll get certain episodes about certain characters showing you like flashbacks to their lives Mm -hmm. or i feel like that was a big thing on like lost and stuff yeah but i feel like the belt is that it's like you are the person we're focused on right now and we're gonna build your character up Mm -hmm. and you're gonna get to do a lot of stuff and like it's kind of just a star uh, like bestowing star power on somebody yeah in my opinion and you're also it's how you know who the main character is that's what i was trying to say yeah and especially for the world champion, but also it's like it's part of the show, so it's like a it is a role. Like anybody else on the show has a role, um, and like some people are like their role right now is to be one of the champions. And it doesn't yeah. mean if you're not a champion, doesn't mean you're like less of a star. Or um, I mean, sometimes it does. No, but, but it like, means you're probably going to have to interact with the person who has the belt if you want to have like a yeah. But a you can big... have prominent feuds that are that are not for a belt for sure. True. Like, um, but the, I mean, it is definitely like like MJF right now is like one of the main antagonists of the show for sure, and he's one of like the big stars. He's an antihero. It depends on who you ask. Uh, it's but hey, him. It's, Hi. He's the problem. It's him. That's Sorry. That's the CM Punk song. But that, That's that a was Taylor a, Swift song. I know, but people are using that on CM Punk because that came out like right after that. Didn't that come out like right around that it same came time? Out, yeah. It was, it was like, like about before. a year ago. Yeah, it was like, yeah. It, mm-hmm. was, uh, it was new at the time, but it was just such a perfect fit for, uh, for his whole blow up. Um, but yeah, I think that championship belts, they can sort of not matter but i think they're very important and i want to defend them and i also think that the amount of belts can vary and you can have just a few belts you can have a lot of belts both situations can be very good both situations can be bad there are places like um you know roh for a long time had two championships they had because they had they had three for a while the roh world title and the tag team titles, and they had the Ring of Honor Pure Championship as well, but then they unified that with the world title, and for uh, several years, they literally just had the world title and the tag team titles. And now they have, like, six championships. Um, ROH does? Yes, which is a lot. Oh, my gosh. What what are they? So the the ROH World Championship. Okay. ROH Pure Championship. Okay. ROH World Television Championship. Oh, my God. The ROH Women's World Championship, uh-huh. ROH World that. Tag Team Championship, ROH World Six-Man Tag Team Championship. Very similar to AEW. They have a world title, TNT title, international title, women's world title, TBS title, tag team titles, trio titles. But it is a lot of titles. But, and especially for AEW, you have a very big roster with two two-hour shows. You have five hours of content. Every yeah, but week. This so, is just for ROH, right? No, I talked about. Um, so the ROH has six titles, and then I went uh-huh. to the AEW titles after that. 
But ROH has six titles yeah, of their yeah. own, is what yeah. I'm saying. Yes, so those titles we were just talking about, those are all ROH. Yeah, and then I also listed all the AEW titles after that. So I, because I said all the ROH ones, and then I said all the AEW ones. Right. So I didn't but just the list, six yeah, titles those six, those. that Great, we yes. counted. Great, yes. Okay. I'm yes. not sure if you counted all the AEW ones. Anyway, <laughs> now that we're past that confusion, that is a lot. ROH has basically the same size roster as AEW does because it's the same company yeah um but still roh only has one show which i guess is why that's shocking so yes that's true but the thing about when you have all these belts is as long as they're booked well like as long as they're booked uniquely and they each serve a different purpose and you have enough of a roster for it i think it's good to have those because also you can cycle champions so you don't have to have every champion on every show you can feature Athena one week. Then you can focus on the tag team titles a different week. Then you can focus on the six-man tag titles. It also gives people opportunities to move around the roster. So, like, Kenny Omega was the AEW World Champion for a year. Then he lost the title. Then when he came back after, like, a year off, he and the Young Bucks were going for the trios titles, which is, like, a different thing for him, you know? So you can move up and down. You know, Okada in New Japan is one of the six-man tag champs now over there, uh, and it's a different thing for him. He's only been yeah. world main event world champion. So now going after the tag titles is like a new fresh thing for him to do. And it's also a logical thing. It yeah. looks like you're about to disagree with me. No, I was just going to say, I was just going to add a little mm-hmm. thought that I enjoy trios titles mm. because it's almost like wrestling becomes a team sport. I mean, yeah. it is, it is a team sport. So it's like, it's almost like watching a different sport entirely. Yeah. But I agree. And it's like a different type of match because then people, you know, complain about spot fest or whatever. But in a trios match, you can do that because mm-hmm. a it's very lucha libre inspired, which yeah. lucha has a lot of spots. That's like the point of it. Uh, and then it's more logical too because it's like well, there's six guys in the match, there's six yeah, people, so it's like six. there's always somebody who's not tired. More that's one you know? more than just five guys. Yeah, exactly. The best faction in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, maybe even wrestling. Uh, but yeah, so I think as long as you're rotating people around, it's just great because NXT used to do this too. So NXT, they didn't have that many titles, but eventually they had more. But you don't have to feature the same people on the show every week, especially if you, well, that was a little bit different because they taped it once a month and they had, they cut it up into one hour episodes. Yeah. But it's really great if you can rotate your roster around. Like sometimes I understand you want to have John Moxley on TV every week. Obviously you have to have Sky Blue on every single AEW show. She has got yeah. she's got a streak going right now that's I mean it's got to be like eight consecutive shows. Oh yeah. No, she's a star of the company right now. She really is. She's going to win the Owen, the Women's Owen Hart Cup tournament. That is there's like no doubt in my she mind. She has to. She has to. Um she's Cuz otherwise what are we doing? Sky is the limit. They've been building her up so much in the last few weeks. They have. Uh I'm not disparaging Sky Blue either. I'm just saying it's very noticeable that she's on the show literally every single time. Like and if she's not this is crazy that she's been on, like, I think she was on, like, ROH, Dynamite, Rampage, Collision, like, in a row. And she's been on, like, every, but usually she's on at least one Tony Khan promoted event. So, like, if there's Dynamite, Rampage, Collision, ROH, she's on at least one of those yeah. every single week. Yeah. Uh, RO- I was going to say in AEW it's more noticeable because they often only have, like, one women's thing. <laughs> A w- like match or segment uh, yeah. a week, the so if slot. she's so if she's involved in that, it's going to be noticeable because she's like always there in that one spot. And then, but in ROH, they actually have several women's matches every week. Um, yeah. But she's 
often a part of that. But anyway, um, but yeah, belt. I think it gives people stuff to do too, you know, and it gives the audience something to well, be like, why chase. does this matter? It's the whole, it's yeah. the whole impetus for the reason people are wrestling is they're chasing a title usually. And if you have a lot of belts, you can have like some of them change frequently, like mm-hmm. the TNT Championship changes a lot, and so that's like exciting because it's like, well, when is this? This could at any time you yeah. could change. But if you have, but then you could also have like Orange Cassidy or MJF on like a year long run. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like there are other titles that change hands. Um, it just gives it gives a because I love a good feud that's for personal reasons, you know, or like a rivalry or for just like, you know, to climb the ladder to get towards a championship. But sometimes you just need a more tangible reason that they're fighting. And it's good to mix those up. And if you have yeah. a lot of belts, you can move it around. There are companies like CMLL that have like literally 25 championships or something that like don't matter because they don't care at all about the belts there. It's like in Lucha Libre belts traditionally aren't that big of a deal. The AAA mega championship is kind of more of a big deal because it's defended, I think like internationally a lot more. So like other promotions around the world will care about it more, but in like Lucha, the biggest match you can have isn't for like a world title. It's for your mask. Mm, so, you know what yeah. I mean? Like a mask versus hair match is a much bigger deal. And if you watch like a triple mania or something, the main event of that is not going to be, Kenny Omega versus Vikingo for the AAA Mega title. It's going to be Psycho Clown versus, you know, um, yeah, Taurus for. Well, so if you if you don't like belts, you're wrong. But yes. there's probably reasons that you don't like belts, and so now we can maybe talk about some of the things that go wrong with belts, namely in our favorite promotion, uh, the the World Wildlife Fund. Um, yeah, so there's no wrestling. It's just animals. It's just pandas it's just eating, panda. chewing the leather of belts. You know, it is funny that the World Wildlife Fund's logo is just a panda. It's like, are we only saving pandas? There's a lot of other I mean, they're species. the cutest ones. They are. There's uh, Because they're big and they eat plants. Yeah, that's all they do. They just... There actually was in UCBW years ago, there was a very funny character that was just a panda. And it was a guy who would dress as a panda, and he would just sit there eating a bamboo stick. And then sometimes he would, like, accidentally win a match if somebody tried to take his bamboo. Yeah. Um, You can, I mean, stuff can definitely go wrong with belts. You can absolutely have too many belts. I mean, just as I was saying with CMLL, if you don't care about the belts, or, like, WWF in in the early, like, the Attitude Era, a lot of times the belts changed hands so much, and they, like, did, but that was because they did a lot of, like, shock TV, and they were trying to, like, outdo WCW, so they were trying to constantly have surprises. And then, like, you know, a lot of the titles just really didn't matter at all. It's There was definitely, you know, a, a lot of merit to having, like, just a few championships and making them, like, super incredibly sought after. But a lot of it also depends on, like, you know, how much content you have to produce. We're in an era now where it's not like, you know, back in the day you could have, like, one, you know, three champions that wrestled every once in a while because most people are only going to one show when you came to their town or, like, you know, it, or they well, they went to the weekly wrestling show just to like you know have fun or whatever. They didn't care. It wasn't like now. It's everybody has like six to seven hours of TV a week that they have to do. Uh, and if you have a lot of belts, you can like it's well, something for people to do, and you can rotate people around. In the old days, as I learned in this book, Sisterhood of the Squared Circle, the mm-hmm. women's titles especially was it was just someone saying I'm the champion. It had enough no connection Great. to anything that was like earned you know it was just like the person who like was booked on the show would have a belt and be like i'm the champion mm-hmm. and it would just start there yeah because nobody cared about title histories back um then. 
Yeah, because it was... You couldn't prove there was no internet. Yeah, no, it was um, the fabulous Moolah, who, like, just declared herself the champion for, like, 25 years. Sorry, I'm just showing the book. Um, No, yeah, that's... And and there was no reasoning behind it. It just was what it was. Um, That was one of the origins of WWE, like... uh, lying basically to make their their product sound like very important because they were i think they were the ones that were like she's been the champion for 30 years yeah you know this is a big deal and, and it's, it's like, like they still do of that what like you know <laughs> of women <laughs> of all the women who wrestle in all these different territories uh, i mean even uh, like uh, uh it's we make fun of wwe for just you know recently creating a new world title out of nowhere and making it like a consolation prize well that's what i wanted Reigns. to talk about was the unifications yes that uh you've been unhappy with well yeah i'll get to that in one second okay i just want to say that literally the wwe championship the one that we're being like well this is the real title that was they didn't have they they literally created that out of nowhere because they left the nwa and didn't want to use the nwa world title anymore so they just faked a tournament they said there was a tournament that buddy rogers won oh yeah and he didn't win a title i think they did that with the intercontinental title too you could do that in the days before yeah. on-demand tv they, yeah like when pat oh, patterson missed it we had a whole thing fa- yeah it was oh. in rio de janeiro yeah you guys <laughs> missed it sorry That's what they said it was but yeah they and pat patterson had the same thing i think where he was like they had a north american championship and then they just lied and said that they also had a south american championship that they had been, but they just didn't Actually, exist. I kind of love that. And yeah. I wish they would do that more yeah. now and, and just pretend that a whole thing happened that didn't yeah. happen because that would make me laugh. Yeah, I like that equally as much as Tony Khan saying the All Atlantic Championship has been leveled up because oh, of, you were to so promote. mad about that. Well, I just I wasn't mad. I just thought it was very funny because they just leveled it up because of Shazam Fury of the Gods. <laughs> Uh, it was just very funny. I was like, well, I don't know what this has to do <laughs> with Shazam. But anyway, but yeah, so WWE, they created a world title out of thin air. It is what it is. I just wish it had ties to this, to the world title that it is named the same thing as, but whatever. Uh, obviously we know like most people who aren't me and are not huge nerds don't really care that much about title histories. They just want to watch the show and have fun. Although I do still stand by title histories being important because that's part of like makes it matter, you know. It's a form of canon. Well, it is because it's like, well, why does it matter if Seth Rollins is this, or like, why does it matter if somebody beats Seth Rollins? Because later we're just gonna be like, well, Seth Rollins is never champion anyways. Who cares? Like, right. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, why does it matter? He's champion now. Um, but WWE, this is kind of a smaller note. That's a little bit of a different uh, topic. They don't. They've started doing unifications like wrong or just different typically if you unify a championship like when john cena and randy orton unified the wwe championship with the previous world heavyweight championship whoever wins that match is the final champion Mm -hmm. so randy orton was the wwe champion he beat world heavyweight champion john cena he wins the world heavyweight title so he is on the books as the final world heavyweight champion and then those ti- that title's history ends with him. Now what they've started doing, they did this when they unified the NXT UK championships with the regular NXT championships uh, a couple months ago, or maybe like a year ago. Uh, and they just did this recently with Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler unifying the NXT women's tag team titles with the WWE women's tag team titles. Whoever's the champion going into that match 
is considered the final champion. And so the winners, if the title, like, so Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler were not the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. They beat the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, win the belts, but are not recorded on that title history at all. Uh So they theoretically win nothing. Because they're not, it just says that the previous Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. It's kind of a glass half empty way to look at it, isn't it? Because they won the belts. They won the belts, but they're not recorded on it, so they don't, it doesn't like matter. I feel like the final champion should be whoever wins that match. Maybe this is a logical, I'm not saying this is a totally illogical way to do it. It's an interesting way to think about it. I'm I'm just processing it in my head, like whether. That bothers me. I'm trying to decide if that bothers me or not. I don't know if it bothers. It definitely bothers me. I don't know why. I don't know if it bothers me just because it's different to how they've done it. Or do they, rec- be- do they record like this ended when so and so beat them? Like so, yeah. They'll say they'll say that like Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler or there's unified with the women's tag team titles, but like the they're not ever listed as champions. Hmm. And if you're running down like Ronda Rousey's title history, you wouldn't include this. Oh, I see. Okay, that is kind of annoying. It is kind of annoying, right? I like I yeah. can, I can sort of see so you could be like, you know, when Tyler Bate had a unification match where he was the NXT United Kingdom champion mm-hmm. against NXT champion Braun Breaker, right? So Tyler Bate they were like he's the final NXT United Kingdom champion. So Braun Breaker beats him, holds up both belts. Braun Breaker's never been NXT United Kingdom champion. He just mm. was he just basically killed the title. Yeah, you know it's I mean? just erasure. Yeah. That's... It's like, you know what I mean? It's not like hunting for food. It's hunting for sport. Because then you don't have that title. You don't have anything. You didn't get anything from it. You just like you just killed it to kill it. Yeah, it's like, it's like they're not unifying the title. They're erasing one title. Yeah, they're just getting rid of it. So it's like, if Tyler Bate was the last champion, why did we even do this match? Yeah. Why did we just be like, it's done. It's gone and, now. And then... Because and it's not like they even carried the title. I mean, maybe Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler will carry both titles with them, but well, I mean, look what Roman Reigns is doing with three belts. Yeah, he's. I love that. I do kind of love that they gave him <laughs> a, a pile of belts. They gave him, him a new belt to represent both belts together, so that he didn't have to carry two belts around, and he just still has all three belts in a stack behind yes. him during his promos. He'll wear. He'll hold the the I like new that one. He stacks them in a pile. He'll hold the new one, and then Paul Heyman just holds the other two because See, they haven't officially. Because if you look at WWE, I'm not even going by like Wikipedia or whatever. I'm going by the official WWE website. They mm-hmm. have a website for title histories, and the Universal Championship and the WWE Championship are still active championships. Ah. Both of them. They're not separate, or they're not uh, unified. Yeah, you know what I miss? This is kind of a non sequitur, but I miss the twenty four seven championship. Yeah, me too. I thought that was such a fun idea. It's like so accessible and kooky and silly and fun and um, that's, that's what I mean by having a bunch of belts because then it's yeah. like something for like you know other people to do that aren't like big stars and it's like it's di- it's booked totally differently than any other belt. Yeah, I think the twenty four seven championship should come back in some form or another. In I would love it for AEW to have something like that. I think that'd be really fun. They have a lot of people in AEW that I think would really shine in a in a in a kooky kind of yeah world like that. The whole QTV crew. Oh my mm-hmm. god. Oh, QTV would be great. Twenty four seven champions, and also I want like the trios titles. I like them not treating them like you know the least important titles, but. It is cool that, like, you know, like, 
people from I, the Dark Order are kind of like sizable at this point stars, but it, you know it could be something like a, a smaller group of guys who on their own, you know, wouldn't be champions, but together they're like they could be a trio's unit, and it could be like it makes sense for them to win a title, and then they've got a title, and then it helps build them up so that they feel more important, so they can go after other titles later. Yeah, that's how a lot of tag team titles are. Um, can I ask you with this unification issue? AEW when they leveled up the All Atlantic Championship, did they have this problem? Do you remember? AEW did something very weird with this. Um, because you were not happy. I remember you distinctly. This is the thing that yes, I think you um, really kind of like losing your. I think this shit is the it. thing that yeah. So AEW also has like a title history website. Uh huh. Um, and let's see if I can Look at MJF with his 217 days. Really? Yeah. He's wanted it in November. He's had it for over six months. Oh, my months, God. Like seven it, months. Because we were at that show, and it feels like it was just last month. Um, but I guess it was 217 days ago. <laughs> yeah. It was It was a long time ago. Let's go to AEW International Championship History. So they did something. Oh, like, come on. Oh, do they not have an international championship page? No, they do. I've looked at you it before. You know the URL. I no, love this. but you can. But I'm looking. I don't know. No, the I know URL. you're guessing the slug. Yeah. That's what we call it, a slug. Wow. Oh, it's gone. Oh. I don't know. Um, maybe it's the All Atlantic. Anyway, the point Tony, is, Tony, send us the, the the link to the page. So yeah, Tony, if you're listening, send us the link um, to the international. Drop it in the chat. Uh, but so they did a thing where they were like. The All-Atlantic Championship is becoming the International Championship. So usually when you rename a title like that, you just keep the same title history, and then you go on, right? Mm -hmm. And so somebody's been like the All-Atlantic slash International Champion. Or you get rid of one. It's gone. It's done. It's retired. It's over. Title history ends. New title, right? So now we're moving, like, All-Atlantic title's dead. It's Orange Cassidy's last champion. International title, new title. So Pac was the only other guy that ever held the All-Atlantic title before it became the international title. Mm -hmm. So you would say, if this is a new title, Pac, Orange Cassidy, done. International title. Pac was never the champion. He's never the international. He's never held this title. Orange Cassidy's the first champion. We're moving forward with this. They kind of did both together, Mm. where I believe they listed it as, like, Orange Cassidy's All-Atlantic title reign ending so it was that however many days, let's say 100 days or whatever, it ends. Mm-hmm. International title begins, but it's on the same title history. So it just starts his day count over. I see. Which is weird. And it's kind of annoying. It's like, just let this be the same title reign. Why are you saying it's... Or just get... Or say it's a new title. So it like well, they is are the saying same, it's a new title, isn't but it? But they're, they're not because they're not ending the previous one. They're listing them all together. They're like merging the histories. Yeah. So like the history of weird. the international title is going to include everybody who won the All-Atlantic title is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, but they're like starting his title reign over again. It's just, why? Why do that? Why not just say it keeps going? Especially because you can make, especially because they're saying like 25 defenses. Now, is 25 <laughs> defenses of the just the international title or is it all Atlantic? Tony Khan will pay for his crimes. But it was just annoying. I mean, I know I care about this stuff like way more than like almost anyone. Uh, I mean, it's interesting to think about because, you know, when you watch professional wrestling, it's easy to just kind of turn your brain off sometimes and just accept what they feed you. But, you know, if you're going to take it seriously as an art form, it's worth considering what 
matters and why. Yeah. And if it's going to matter, make it matter. Yeah, you need a base reality or yeah. else nothing matters. It's kind of like when, you know, when you're watching a match and it's like this crazy back and forth match and it's like a battle of wills and it's like you're so invested in it. And then they have one of those moments where like somebody forgets to kick out in time or they, they don't make it and the referee like kind of stops counting but you know they didn't kick out and it's like it just completely kills everything because it breaks the reality of it so much you know what since you brought that up though i do want to talk about mercedes monet and willow nightingale having mm. that exact thing happen yes in a championship <laughs> match for a yeah, new exactly, championship exactly um because i understand what you're saying about how it kind of kills the momentum of the reality of it mm -hmm. but i I kind of loved that moment. For those of you who didn't see it, uh, what was it? It was Resurgence, right? Yes. Um, NJPW Strong Resurgence. And it was the NJ NJPW Strong Women's Championship, the first final match for this in the tournament. Mm -hmm. And Mercedes falls off the top rope and breaks her ankle at one point. We, the audience, don't realize that that's mm -hmm. what's happened. But she and Willow lock up on the ground. And in hindsight, what I know now is that they were exchanging information not yes. facing the camera mercedes is clearly telling her you have to end the match and take it because yeah. i can't stand on my leg anymore yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so willow picks her up it's kind of cool to watch if you can find a clip of it a lot of them are edited to edit out the ref messing this up but yeah. like they uh, willow picks her up so that she doesn't have to put her feet on the ground and like yeah. power bombs her that way which looked really hard to do yes and then the ref counts one, two, and then stops the count pretending to see Mercedes lift her shoulder. Yeah. The whole crowd starts booing yeah. so angrily. Yeah. Uh, and then Willow has to pick her up the same way again and do it again. And then finally the ref counts it and Willow wins the first yeah. championship, which in like at the time we didn't know what was happening. Yeah. We could kind of guess. But then it was confirmed later that actually, yes, the title was created with Mercedes in mind to win it. But she made the audible call in the ring when she heard herself that, like, she wasn't going to be able to do mm -hmm. a compelling end to this match because she wasn't able to stand up. And she didn't know what was probably wrong with her foot. So she's like, I don't want to have to worry about this one healing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also, I, you know, it, it, it made me, even though it does, like, <laughs> I don't know. I was excited by the whole thing because I love getting to see behind the curtain, even if it's by accident. And I... Also, it made me respect Mercedes even more because it was just such a... I thought it was cool to see somebody make that call on the ground. Oh, yeah. I liked that aspect of it. And be like, oh, she's like... She cares about the business enough that she wants the ending of the match to be believable. Yeah. And not, you know, hobble her way through some yeah, exactly. lame yeah. pin so just so she can have a title she can't defend, you know? Yeah, for sure. And it's like... And in that way, titles don't matter. If we're talking about the health of the performers... <laughs> then yes, yeah. titles don't matter in that regard. They're, anything is secondary to the health of the people in, like, involved in the show. Yeah, I liked that moment, cause, and you could definitely tell it was Mercedes that made that call because the referee didn't know what was going on. Yeah. So it wasn't like somebody backstage was like, all right, switch the, you know, because a lot yeah. of times refs have earpieces, and then the referee will actually be the one to communicate uh, finish changes to the wrestlers. But in yeah. this case, I don't even think the ref had an earpiece, so he didn't know what was going on. So I don't know if they like told him after that, like we're this is what's going to happen, or if uh, you know somebody, or if he just just they just did it again, and he was I'd have to rewatch it, but or if they just did it again, and he yeah. was like, uh, all right, fine, I'm just gonna. I know. I wonder, it, I like, I wonder if the ref, like, <laughs> I've I've thought about this so much, and I've 
read a few things on it. Nobody's really explained like what happened with the ref there. And like I said, a lot of the clips you can find on YouTube cut that part out so that it's not even part of like our collective memory anymore. Yeah, but like, wow. I I wonder if it was something where like in the WWE, since that's where Mercedes like spent most of her time, that would be how you handle that situation. You don't tell the ref or you don't worry about telling the ref. You just do the count. Well, in that situation, the ref, like I said, the ref has an earpiece in that one. So I feel like. Yeah. But I mean, the people backstage wouldn't have yeah. known she was hurt. Only she knew she was hurt. Yeah. And she communicated it to Willow, but not the ref. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's because that's not how she's used to doing it or yeah. like. It's a crazy. I mean, you know, like. It really kind of depends on the situation in a place like WWE, because if it's like Roman Reigns gets hurt, you know, facing somebody he's not supposed to lose to in a title match. Yeah. What happens? Right. In that case, they would probably you would they would would probably be his way through. Well, they probably (laughs) they would probably heavily communicate to the ref what happened and then they would figure it out and the ref would probably do the X. And they would probably just throw the match out or something. I mean, it, it really depends. DQ. It really depends. There's a famous match, um, Shawn Michaels versus Mankind, I believe, for the WWF title. <laughs> I was ready for you to start explaining the screw job to me. <laughs> no, no, no. There's this famous match where I don't even have heard of it. Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart. No, it was pre that. It was like a year before that or something. I think it was mm-hmm. in, in Your House Mind Games. And I've watched it. It was a great match. I believe, I don't remember a moment, but there was... Mankind was supposed to win the title from Shawn Michaels, mm. and they changed the finish like mid match, and they had he was to hurt tell him. Or because... No, they just decided to change it. I don't know. Oh, I don't know what. They yeah, I don't know what. The, yeah, I don't know what the dis- what w- it was. And they were having a great match too. It wasn't like it was bad because there was in the May Young Classic. I think mm-hmm. the first one. I think it was. I forget which wrestler it was, but there was something where somebody was supposed to win. Mm-hmm like the first round match in the tournament and watching backstage, they were just not satisfied with their performance and they told the ref to switch the finish. Oh yeah. So they oh, had imagine to, yeah, getting fired in the middle of yeah. doing your job. That's brutal. Very brutal. <laughs> not that he got fired, but I mean, yeah, that is, well, they weren't signed. But that wrestler. here's the thing. We pretty much, uh, gave two examples of, of why belts are so make wrestling so exciting because, yeah. It takes those matches that are already a big deal and ups the ante. You know, it's like not only is this a match where someone was supposed to win, they were supposed to win a whole prize, a whole new championship belt. <laughs> yeah, I love belts. And, you know, like I said, <laughs> as long as you have like the roster for a lot of belts and you book them uniquely or purposefully and or purposefully, uh, they're great. Yeah, you know, and again, it can. I can't stress enough that like cycling through your roster is helpful mm-hmm. um, to keep the show fresh and to keep people like, Oh yeah, this person's on this week. This is great. I haven't seen them in a little bit. Like some people can be on every week, but like, you know, you're not just going to like, we love John Moxley. I don't necessarily want to see John Moxley wrestle literally every week. You know what I mean? Now sky blue on the other hand, <laughs> I'm know. like, I'm sitting here like, I mean, I feel like I have watched John Moxley. I know, I know, I know. He's on it a lot, but he he does wrestle a lot. I mean, that's because he's Uh, one of the most famous people on the show, so I get it why they want to have him. And because he can't go on that vacation, because Renee is working too. John Moxley, he's been trying to go on vacation since All Out. I feel like we've been talking about him going on a vacation since we started this podcast, and this podcast is now on, like, episode 70 or something. Yeah, he's... 
yeah, he was supposed to go on vacation after All Out, and then the whole CM Punk thing happened, and he had to like he was supposed to lose the title to Punk, and then go away yeah. for like six weeks Not or to something. Beat this dead horse, but that's yeah. one of the reasons I think deep down I'm still mad at Punk because he wrecked yeah. John Moxley's vacation plans and an Airbnb booked. Yeah, we don't get a refund. It Can't was get a refund. It was past the cancellation window. Uh, Fragile refund policy. <laughs> Okay, should we talk about Collision briefly? Didn't you want to talk about Collision? Oh, yeah. But anyway, I feel like we made our case for belts. Yeah, I have. If Hey, if you're watching and you want to send me one of those nice championship belt replicas, go for it. Oh, yeah. He loves those. I we, have, we have one rack here. Actually, yeah, this is like one of the, you know, like the Walmart like kids ones. You uh, don't have to say. What? What? No, this is a... Guys, we're pointing to a championship belt that John won. Oh, yeah, that's true. I it's forgot. It's a storied championship belt. Uh, you know, what, what? explain what you want it for. Oh, so this was a... Uh, well, I don't know if you're... Okay, so there's a couple of championship belts that have been in this apartment. This one was uh, when my old sketch group, Video Bros... We're going to be doing a video premiere show called Red Hot Video Fun Time uh, in Bushwick, New York. Um, and That's also known as East Williamsburg. East Williamsburg. Um, <laughs> if you're West rich. Ridgewood. But they, uh, <laughs> so these belts are to show who the funniest guys were. Who were the funniest guys in Brooklyn? Mm. Um, this was Myself one. and Nick Smith, you know, and there's another belt. I have both of them, both tag team championship yeah. belts funniest guy is in new york city he won it folks. he won it and i retired as a champion i believe yeah, and then we and also no one else can win it from him we also used to have the um the ucbw tag team championships here because myself john Mangi, and also nick smith as the bumper boys and then no bowling club what did we do with them I, we lost them we lost oh you lost them in the match okay lost them to the brotherhood of man <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me we'd lost physically lost no, them. I was no, like, no there's no way no that was i'm a former ucbw tag team champion um That's you know win some lose some and we only lost because brotherhood of man you could pin anybody in the match to win the title and so one of them pinned the other one he pinned his own partner to win our tag team championships that's genius so we never lost that's genius but you know, I actually have another tag team championship match coming up. Oh yeah, why, why don't you plug that right now? Look, the all natural Dustin, the all just, the all natural Justin Rhodes has been on quite a journey in extremely serious wrestling. Cheeto Dust is addicted to junk food, chips and such. Then he sold his soul when he turned on crackers, the Luchador Parrot. Helped him technically get murdered uh, in exchange promo? for sugar addiction. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, That's how good of a wrestling journalist I am. Wait, is this a promo that you're doing? Oh, my yeah. God. I'm so sorry. In uh, exchange for sugar addiction, and became Pixie Dust and joined Delightful Dan, the goddamn candy man. And those addictions really took control of his life. So now he's clean. He only eats all-natural organic snack foods. And he's the all-natural Justin Rhodes. And he is trying to make amends and seek some redemption alongside his partner and hopefully friend, Crackers, the luchador Phoenix, who has risen from the ashes himself. I was there when Crackers rose from the ashes. 
Yeah, it was a hell of a moment. Yeah, it was. It's really eye-opening for Justin Rhodes as well. But they're going for the XSW Tag Team Championship against Adam Coolheel and Captain Romance uh, at XSW this coming Friday, June 30th, at... Adam Coolheel, baby! That's right. At... No, it should be like, Adam Coolheel, infant. Infant. <laughs> Uh, at XSW Fight Up the Night, which I keep wanting to say Fight Up the Night Up, June 30th, Friday, 7 o'clock p.m., 148 Frost Street, Brooklyn, New York. Write it down. Get a pen. 148 Frost Street, Brooklyn, New York. XSW Fight Up the Night Up. $15 ahead of time, $20 at the door. I don't know how you buy tickets ahead of time. There's a QR code that you can't see. Oh. Maybe we can put it up. You should put it up. Put it up on the screen. Pick up your laptop. Turn it around. This is what we're doing because we're bad at production. <laughs> I don't know if people are going to be able to see that, but we'll we'll share it. We'll share a link to it. We'll share a link to it in the in the thing. I don't know. Anyway, that's happening. Please come to that. It means if you the live world in New York. Me. If you don't. If you don't, please still come. Why would you not? All right. Let's do our... Um, do our awards. Our awards? Yeah. Well, one of them's sort of an award. Oh, yeah. So the oh, did Oshu- you want to talk about Collision or anything? Well, that's what I was going to jump into. Oh, is that part of the awards? Sort of. I keep saying awards, but I forget that like this first one really isn't an award. It's just a different section of the show. Oh, okay. Oh, shoot. Oh, oh sh- shoot. Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. There you go. Oh, shoot. Uh... <laughs> Boy, so Collision, hell of a show. So far, I think they've knocked it out of the park twice. It is kind of a more serious, slower-paced show than Dynamite. But they did a DQ finish. They did do a DQ finish. That you were not happy with. In a bubble, DQs are fine. And I think this one is also fine. Because they never do disqualification finishes. But it is disappointing to get to the end of a long match that's been great and it's a DQ finish. But when they're used properly to build heat against heels, which... House of Black are. I should be mad at them. Um, it's fine. It's just that WWE has really made you hate them because they use them literally weekly. Mm-hmm. Like almost every single episode of Raw and SmackDown has at least one match that ends in a DQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, again, the the Battle Royal finish where Babyface thinks they won. Heel has been out of the ring. Well, they, they went through the ropes instead of over the top, so they've been hiding. Babyface thinks they won. Heel slides in behind them to eliminate them. 90% of WWE Battle Royals, non-Royal Rumble Battle Royals, end this way. Yeah. So, But otherwise, you've been loving Collision. Yeah, I've been loving Collision, but that was great. But uh, CM Punk, this is the first show that they've done with him that wasn't in, since he's returned, that wasn't in Chicago. And boy, could you tell... Oh, it was so nice to watch a crowd agree with me. <laughs> they were, you know. They booed the crap out of that man. It really was. It truly is insane to watch him become John Cena, which is what he wanted. But except it's not like adults booing John Cena because he's too like kid friendly and boring. It's because he disparaged the company and yeah. 
uh, ran down his well, fellow wrestlers. After last week's collision with that promo and everything, you know, some people like the promo did what it was supposed to do, and people I think generally yeah. said it was like a good promo for you know doing what it needed to do. But like we obviously had our problems with it, as we talked about last week at length for an entire hour. Mm-hmm. But um, he really like in the week following, I feel like a lot of stuff kind of started to boil up again mm-hmm. and. Even Dave Meltzer was like, you know, this could, if this wasn't something that was agreed to with him making those counterfeit bucks comments and stuff yeah. like that, like, this could be the beginning of another boiling over situation. And yeah. it, he described it as a time bomb, which is the quote that got picked up in all the wrestling outlets, is that AEW could be a time bomb. Um, but I agree. It's like, you know, he made it clear that he was still willing to do all the things that caused the problems the first time. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's so strange because I don't, based on that promo, it seems like that's what he was trying to do. Like, he wanted to Become encourage people to boo him, but they're, he's not acting like a heel almost at all. No, and he's aligned, as you said, with yeah. his his team during that match yeah. is all faces who get cheered. Yeah, Ricky so Starks was not getting booed. Like, he would tag in Ricky Starks and he would get thunderous cheers as he deserves yeah but like when punk would get tagged in it was just and he was in there against the like i mean which it's jay white is very popular even though he is like a despicable heel so like he is in danger of getting cheered all the time but still and it's also like you know the guns if you're guns were getting cheered over cm punk i like the guns i like the guns too cm punk right now i like the guns (laughs) a lot no the guns are great and they've definitely they've they've grown so much they're a great tag team but it's just so funny that like Austin Gunn, this little shithead, like much lower on the card heel. I mean, they're, they've risen a lot, but they're still like for him to be getting thunderous cheers over CM Punk yeah. is notable. Yeah. And if you're the thing that's a problem there is if you're new at all or yeah. you are not somebody who pays attention to backstage stuff, that's friggin confusing to watch. Oh, yeah. Which like, is not something you guy? want if you're a wrestling promoter. In my opinion, you want your product to be accessible and something that people just tuning in can be like, oh, this is fun. I like this new show mm-hmm. in the second week of existence. But if you're watching it and you're like, why are they booing this one man? Yeah. <laughs> then it's it's confusing and it's hard to, it, I think it's harder to watch. It was great for me, but yeah. it was hard to, it was, hard for other people. There was still a contingent of CM Punk fans and they were definitely audible. But for the most part, it was heavily. And somebody pointed out, they're in the same building as Forbidden Door, but Forbidden Door is going to be like fully sold out. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be so many more people doing the same. Like it's going to be rough. Because Kenny Omega, him. who's the big the the guy that CM yeah. is like against in this narrative, is from Canada. Yeah, you can't walk into a man's backyard and expect people to cheer you because you pissed in his garden. Like That's true. you know, like. That's true. That's and a weird metaphor I just made up. Yeah. Did you piss in my garden? Why? <laughs> because you said a promo about me that I didn't like. You could have used the bathroom, though. God. No, but that was sending a message. Oh, my God. All right. Um, so go on with the... Uh, you were saying... Oh, yeah. For the oh shoot, for the gossip. Yeah, so the, part of this gossip is before last night's collision, there was a, a rumor that somebody was a, a top star at Dynamite, you know, af- 
after dynamite like after the show was over they like you know w- went home in a bad mood or something they were in a bad mood is just that the the headline basically that was it and so because they were and the details on it were literally just that we don't know who it was probably moxley but we we don't know who it was but they were like they're just worried about cm punk being back you know they don't really trust him and they think it's going to blow up again in the same way and it's going to be bad for the company overall which i think is a fair assessment of it you know that thus far the evidence is such that that is a very real possibility and he does Mm -hmm. not seem really to be like contrite and maybe he is in real life but on tv we haven't seen i like we can only go off of i can't really go off of like rumors and stuff even though i'm talking about a rumor right now but anyway the reason why i'm talking about this rumor is because i can't substantiate that whether or not it's true but what i can substantiate is a deleted tweet from dax harwood from ftr who was friends with cm punk saying something along the lines of like you know what if you were in a bad mood because somebody was back at the show like you know don't run to dave dave Meltzer, and like tell him about it like say it to his face you know that's how we used to handle stuff back in the day, which is very funny because he's my age. So I'm like, I don't know what you're, but anyway, but he, um, uh, but it was, but it was just funny because then Dave Meltzer, somebody tweeted that at Dave Meltzer or like commented on it. To, I don't know how Twitter works. And then Dave Meltzer just responded with like, remember what happened last time somebody said it to his face? And it's like, yeah, that's what Hangman did and all these people. And then Punk lost his mind and told them to come to his face and say it. And, and the Young Bucks went with lawyers All to these... talk to him. And then they got into a fight. <laughs> so many punk fans who are like pro-punk in this situation yes. act like AEW is a target. It's yeah. like working at Target or working at whatever Which Rite Aid. funny because... If you have a problem with another employee, go to the manager or go to that employee. You yeah. know? And it's like, that is not how professional wrestling works at all. Yeah, it's also funny because CM Punk did say they couldn't manage a target that was like that big line of his yeah but the thing is like they probably could a lot easier because yeah. at a target you don't have to worry about your star employee yeah refusing to show up to your pay-per-view or jeff whatever was, jeff doesn't want to do inventory this week <laughs> yeah, like, you're not target isn't relying on yeah. its staff to bring customers into the store. nobody's coming in because christina's not working <laughs> yeah it's such a different dynamic between Tony Khan and CM Punk than it is between like Tony Khan and Sky Blue or yeah. Tony Khan and anybody else who's not technically probably a huge draw. Um, sorry, Sky, I know we pick on you a lot. I don't mean it. Yeah, um, no, we like just, you. It's you're just, just the funny. first name of like a person from AEW that came up in yeah. my head that is like a regular wrestler. Like I yeah. would say, like a, a a person who's like good and they're we we like them but you know they're not necessarily packing a million dollar house uh on on their back uh but it's so so it's like yeah i guess you could go ask your billionaire boss if he'll tell the star that's the draw to stop doing promos about you where he makes jokes at your expense it's not even about it's probably not going to do anything because when has it ever done anything in this business yeah and it's also again very funny for punk to get upset about similar stuff that he does i don't know but anyway um but the thing that i keep thinking too is like that yeah a that already happened and b like what do you want them to say to him what are they supposed to go up to him to say? In a, truly, if you play this out in your head, what are they going to say to this guy that's going to be professional and productive? That's not just going to end in another fight. Hang you on, hang on. To- I know what they want to say to him. Fragile ego, fragile body, weak mind, weak spirit. 
I mean, and it might sound exactly like that because my suspicions are that it was that guy. But anyway, <laughs> but because not anybody from the elite, because the elite weren't at Dynamite famously. Um, but yeah, it was very. It, it just is very funny because I'm like, what do you want them to say? You go up to him. First of all, again, this has already been proven to not work with him. Yeah. You go up to him and be like, I don't trust you. I would rather you leave. I mean, the only outcome that's going to settle this is if he's like, okay, I will leave. And then he quits and goes home. But he's he's obviously not going to do that because he came back. So he obviously doesn't want to do that. Um, Because the logic Which is, I guess, fair, you know, but it's like. And the logic that Punk is working from is that he's 100% right, yes. he's the star of the company, and he should be allowed to do whatever he wants. That's the logic that he's coming to this from. So you can't say anything to him, because he's going to be like, what are you talking about? You're not the draw. I'm the draw. We do what I want my way. Yeah. And and so there is no talking to that guy. And there's no talking to his boss, because I, I don't. I would not call Tony Khan CM Punk's boss. I saw his reactions to the the all out thing, and it was just like, just total. I don't like, think Tony has uh, yeah. a, a a bridle on CM Punk where he can no. guide him one way or the other. I think CM Punk's like I've been in this business longer than you, Sonny Jim. Yeah, I'm the star. You sit back and let me earn new money and shut up. You know, like I I really believe that's the dynamic. There. And I wish we could have had that. We we did have that, but it blew up because somebody said something to him. Because uh, well, Punk's not a booker. He's not a, you know, he, he's he got his own career in mind. And yeah. I don't think he's interested in. I get, you know, like, I'm not saying Punk's not a draw or not a big star or, like, not potentially helpful to the company. I have always been a big CM Punk fan. That's why all this is so heartbreaking for me to watch and why mm. this is so, you know, annoying. Because I wish that everybody could just get along. But it's just like, what, just what I'm not even with the, like the rumors or whatever, just what I'm seeing from him. It just seems weird. He seems uh, he's been great in the ring. He's in these matches, like even his short little promos. He's been very clear and concise. Yeah. He sounded tough. He's performed very well in these matches that he's done so far, you know. But he always did. It's just now. It's just I just feel like what like you said that connection is broken, and I don't know how to repair it. Yeah, you have to be willing to admit some kind of fault, even if you really don't think that you were in the like. Even if you think that somebody screwed you over and it was like you weren't trying to get anybody fired and it's all bullshit, like there's got to be some level of like, all right, look, obviously I could do something to like, you have to do something or somebody's got to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't think it should be the elite. And I don't want it to be punk. I want punk to be able to contribute and be there, but I don't know if that can happen. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see if he tries to turn heel or if. Hang on, we have a caller on the line. It just didn't work out. Caller from the future. <laughs> um. Hang on. Look, you have no idea how genuinely sorry I am that CM Punk just didn't turn out to be what you wanted him to be. Okay. John Moxley, we're going to use your quotes for every episode, yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. <laughs> Um, please don't send us a bill. No, yeah, please. Um, uh, all right, we'll do the awards now. Yeah, we'll do the awards. All right, so promo of the week, John. I picked Miro. Miro's back. And I, godless. I, all, he's godless now. I love his promos, the Redeemer, where he was like doing stuff for God to like appease God. And then when he lost the title, he was like, why have you forsaken me? What do I have to do to get, to get back to that? And then he was like, 
wow, God fully has forsaken me. You know what? Screw you. I'm going to kill God, I think, at one point, <laughs> was what he said. And now he's like, I've forsaken everything. I no longer care about championships. I am godless. So he's just going to go out there and wreck God. people, I guess. And it's just he's so good, and they're so well done. And it's like, I'm so happy he's back. Being like, I am godless. I am is godless. so metal. So yes. hardcore. Miro like, is Whoa, very metal. This man cannot be controlled. He's, for, he's even... He has he's no like, master. He has no... He has no, like, uh, he has no master. He has no morals. He has no ethics. He even said he renounced his beautiful wife. Did he say he renounced yeah, yeah, his beautiful yeah. wife? He was like, I renounce oh. everything. My God, my championship, yeah. my beautiful wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did say that. It's so funny. He always says that he's, it, he's a great example of, like, really committing because mm-hmm. he does the whole thing so seriously. So even when, like, and the whole thing is very serious until he gets to, like, my hot wife. And then he just, like, but he does it the same way. So it's yeah. very funny. It really lands. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that was a fun one. Um, so my pick is Anthony Bowens from The Acclaimed. Uh, what's her name? Harley from QTV? Yeah. She came out and was flirting with him and was like, you're so obviously mm-hmm. into me. And he was like, lady, I don't know if you can see my the rainbows on my outfit, but I'm gay. And then the whole crowd goes nuts. Yeah. Uh, Daddy. <laughs> and then they start chanting, he's gay. They he's did. Gay. Yeah. Well, I was running through yeah. the a series of events. Oh, yeah. uh, Big Daddy it comes over and hugs him. Mm-hmm. And then the crowd starts chanting, he's gay, he's gay, in a really nice, supportive way. And it's Pride Weekend, mm-hmm. so and that's why I'm dressed all colorfully if you're watching this on video. But um, it was perfect. It was really lovely, and it made me kind of well up a little bit. It I was. was like, that's so sweet. It was a great moment. It's great that he can say that, you know? Yeah, because, I, I mean, guess even, like, pun- like, 10 years ago, you would have that would have been a joke. For I mean, sure. I was watching... Uh, Billy Gunn uh, fight, uh, do a match against Ryan Nemeth in a in a in an indie promotion, and <laughs> and, and there's a moment where Billy Gunn, um, they make like some joke about like him and Ryan doing something gay in the ring or something, mm-hmm. and 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 Billy Gunn is like, it's okay, it's okay, I was gay, oh. and like, uh, and that led me down the whole rabbit hole of reading about that Brilliant whole storyline, and I was just like, oh, you know what? I loved. Billy and Chuck. I thought oh, yeah, that was the, the best. the crowd after he said that started chanting for Chuck. Yeah, no, I <laughs> loved Billy and Chuck. I loved the whole thing. I hated when they did the, you know, they, they, they were like, we're not actually gay. Yeah, they, they did know, a I, whole turn at like, the end. Because they were on TV, like, getting interviewed. Even in, like, 2002, people were like, this is, like, a big deal. This is great that you're doing this. And they're like, they yeah. Got, they, you the know? PWB, it's they so were, despicable so when you read positive. about the history of that. Yes. The, the, the history of that when you read about it, because they got glad. Like, WWE yes. got glad to help them get coverage for that storyline. And then at the end, they were like, ha-ha, just kidding, being gay is dumb, or whatever. Yeah, you no, know? that's like, like literally what they did. <laughs> like, it's so despicable to read about. But no. we love Billy Gunn. He redeemed himself. He has. Uh, you know. And Billy and Chuck Giving Anthony still... a big hug after saying he's gay in the ring, yeah. I think, is a pretty big deal when you think about the world of wrestling and how far it's come in That's right. It's true. Because also I saw uh, recently... Um, uh, he uh, there was a Shawn Michaels like 1997 promo mm-hmm. where the crowd starts chanting Shawn is gay oh, during yeah. it and then so like Jerry Lawler on commentary is like what are they chanting and Vince McMahon is like nothing complimentary uh-huh. and it's bad and then Shawn is like makes a joke about 
hooking up with everyone's mother and sister. Yeah. And it's just like, we've come a long way. We have. And there's still a very long way to go. Yes. But if you think about a moment like that happening positively in wrestling now, it's it's even nicer to think about because right now is we're in the midst of like a huge backlash yeah. to LGBTQ plus rights. Yes. And yeah. so for wrestling fans of all people to be cool <laughs> yeah, and be. supportive yeah. and not, you know, you know, I mean, it helps that Anthony and Max and, and Billy are really over. It helps yeah, that they claimed like, is like literally one of the beloved. Most popular acts in the co- and also for to have an openly gay wrestler be one of the most popular acts in the company. Yeah. Cause they, and they also, it felt like organic and real and mm-hmm. like, it didn't or, like, feel like they were shoving genu- it down your throat. Like, no, it felt we're so woke. It was like yes. Anthony is gay. He says he's gay. Yeah, it was like a character interaction too. You know, yeah, so it yeah. really, and then like WWE when they've had like an openly <gasps> oh, and gay then wrestler I or something. That- like they just it feels so like. Hey, look! Look at this person we have, you know, and they just, it just feels very exploitative with WWE. I, I forgot. I, fr- I I can't. I don't know Often. if it was Shivani or who was it on commentary who was like, "Andy's taken." And oh yeah, goes, yeah. I'm gay. And they're like, "Andy's taken." Yeah. <laughs> I think they mentioned that he's taken before, and then I think it might have been Jericho. So they were just reiterating that they were also correct. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was also a great moment. Uh, that was nice. Okay, match of the week. There were a lot to choose from. I went out on a limb and I said the collision main event, which um, was CM which Punk, was CM Punk FTR, Ricky that... Starks versus the Bang Bang Gang and the Guns, and it just was like, it was tough, but it was just I just went with this one because it was so, the atmosphere of it was everybody went so hard in this match, mm-hmm. and the atmosphere was so insane um, that I just I don't know it just felt unique. Uh, and Cash Wheeler almost yeah. killed himself on a dive, and it was Oof. yeah, yeah, that's cool. I picked uh, Jungle Boy versus Doki at uh, Rampage because that's the first what? No, the Rampage main event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the first match I've watched in a while. I feel like where the actual wrestling really compelled me mm-hmm. because sometimes it's really easy for me to tune out during the wrestling part, and that sounds so silly, but like. You know, sometimes it's just like, oh, yeah, they're wrestling and, you know. I mean, it, it can happen. It, it, some matches are really long and they're not, they're not you know, very uh, intense. Um, and this match really grabbed me. Like, I found myself, like, rewinding it if I did look away yeah. and to be like, what happened? Like, you know, like, and that and that doesn't happen a lot for me. Um you know, it's it's a big deal if you can do that as a wrestler. And somebody on Twitter made the joke. They were like, someone forgot to tell Doki this is the C show. Yeah. <laughs> no, Doki has come so far. I loved seeing representation for just five guys. Yeah, that was really cool. Rampage. They're my favorite. I love them. And people started booing Jungle Boy because yeah. Doki was working so hard in that match. Doki was doing so well. And there was also an element of people cheering for him ironically because his name is spelled like Dookie. Oh, yeah. And uh, people were saying Dookie. People were chanting Dookie. <laughs> yeah. And, but it's still, but he is To the so... point where I was confused. I was like, is his name Dookie? That no. seems wrong. Doki was like this very low-level New Japan guy. Uh, who was in Minoru Suzuki's faction, Suzuki Goon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, during like the pandemic, he really like just got like better and better, and he now like just has killer matches. 
Um, and he's really risen very high up. He still yeah. hasn't like won a title, but I'm sure that'll happen soon. And Yoshihashi in the heavyweight division, because mm-hmm. Doki's a junior heavyweight, Yoshihashi in the heavyweight division has done a similar thing where he was like kind of this loser jobber guy, and but you know was around a lot, and then now he's like big time tag champ guy, and he like yeah. he can have a big match with like a high level guy in the G1 and you like, you think he could win and he's like, just has great matches now. Yeah. And it's really, it's like, uh, there's, you know, there was literally a inspiring. moment. There was literally a moment in this match that I keep thinking about as like the moment that it kind of reeled me in. And it was like, jungle boy did some move on him that he took a bump in the ring and then jungle boy like rolls out of the ring or jumps out of the ring or something. And then, Doki literally gets up immediately, throws himself against the ropes, and jumps out of the ring yeah. onto Jungle Boy. And it was just like they it was sold. Like they took the time to sell, but it was also seamless. Yeah. Like it was just like the, it was they just went from one thing to another without skipping like the selling part, but it was yeah. just so kind of gorgeous to watch. No, yeah. It was there was great. like a beauty to it where it just felt like, oh man, they've got like a whole thing thing they want to show me yeah <laughs> like, doki went on excursion in mexico that's where he like yeah and his. i and do so love the lucha style knows personally. A lot. That's, yes that's what he's very inspired by I'm very big lucha person um, and the guy that was out there with him yoshinobu kanemaru is mm-hmm. also a legend he's a junior heavyweight star in pro wrestling noah and now he's a little bit older in new japan but he like you know he's like never gonna win like big he's good he's had a lot of tagged junior tag title reigns in new japan you know he's like never gonna win big matches really for mm-hmm. the most part, but like he will make you think he is going to win. Mm-hmm. He's the heel master. Mm. He's the dirty player. He does what he does, but he's seemingly so good at it. And just five guys are the guy. And then, of course, yeah, Sonata shows up with the belt afterwards. To oh, like yeah, get was, I love Sonata so much. Too, yeah. Um, um, all right. And Jungle Boy is a little heelish. He is. I yeah. I liked Jungle Boy getting booed, and and not because I want him to be booed, but just because it was fun with yeah. his reaction. It felt very. The whole match was just everything you like about wrestling. It was yeah. the crowd picking a hero mm-hmm. that you wouldn't expect. It was wrestlers reacting in real time to the crowd's yeah. reactions. Everybody's part of this. It's all really cohesive. It was just really a cool match. Jungle Boy is um, like angry looks at the crowd, angry confused <laughs> looks. And I kind of do want Jungle Boy to go heel at some point. So yeah. Um, and then outfit of the week. I picked Tetsuya Naito, uh, who dressed to the nines as always for big matches. He had like beautiful white suit on. With a big, like very regal white cape. Yeah, that was um, a, that was a nice looking. It's going to be great too because I know that. Well, in a tag match, sometimes he doesn't, but hopefully tomorrow because it's a big or today because it's a big show. When we're do- at Forbidden Door, hopefully when you're watching this, even though it already happened, he has yeah. a big thing because sometimes he'll like make you wait there while he un- takes off a full suit. <laughs> uh, my pick. Okay, this is going to shock everybody. Maybe. I was doing some thinking, and I was looking around at social media this week to see what everybody wore this week. And I, I got to give out for the week to Charlotte Flair. Wow. And I, there's a couple reasons. One, She's earned it. she wore, I believe it was on SmackDown, she wore this, like, gold, I call them kits, and I know it's called gear. I call it kit, I think, because that's from soccer. I don't know. Anyway. Do you but have, like, had, a cool outfit in soccer? No, no, but they call your outfit in soccer a kit, and I don't know why, but that okay, yeah. seems to just work for wrestling anyway. But her gear is, like, this gold with a really intense glitter effect to it, and it just looked great on her, in, and I am not... I've had criticisms for her outfits before, mm-hmm. so I wanted to give her her flowers <laughs> and say that she looked great. I thought this was a really... And it's also, like... I feel like I think that's it right there. That 
Um, oh no, that can't. That be might be old. Yeah, no, that's old. Yeah. Um, but you'd probably have to go to Instagram to find it. Um, mm. but she just looked really great. She looked like a champion. It was really a lot of the her outfits often try to lean into the whole I'm the queen thing, but I feel like this one actually um succeeded at it. And so I wanted to give her a little bit of shine. She deserves I, it. She does. I'm hard on her because she, she's my John Cena. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, I She does often look like a star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this in this outfit she really did look like a star. Um, all right. So let's move on to nerd fantasy booking, our final thing. So my nerd fantasy booking uh, I was going to say something, and then I remember this is going to be out after Forbidden Door. So I hope yeah, that so don't. I hope <laughs> that um, MJF has a. I I would book MJF in a big spotlight title feud against another heel. I want heel versus heel stuff because there's too many like compelling characters that it would be cool to see him interact and like. It doesn't matter. New Japan does like heel versus heel matches all the yeah. time. Maybe they don't do heel versus heel feuds, but like. You know, in the G1, they'll have heel versus heel. And one of my favorite moments that I've ever seen in wrestling was Switchblade Jay White versus Taichi in the G1 Climax tournament. I believe it was G1. It was one of the tournaments. It was a couple of years ago. And there's the thing that heels do where they both get out of the ring. or what? So, well, I just spoiled it. But a heel that gets out of the ring, Randy Savage uses this all the time. Like, he'll get out of the ring at the beginning of the match. It'll look like he's going to lock up. And then he decides to, like, bail and be like, I'm not ready. And the crowd, mm-hmm. you know, you just make the crowd mad because you're yeah. making them wait for action. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they both were heels, and they both at the same time start the match by rolling out of the ring. And then they each <laughs> noticed that the other did it, and then they got mad at the other one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I want to see MJF rest. I wanted to do a full feud against Swerve Strickland. Because I would love to see Swerve that would be cool. beat him for the title. Yeah. Because Swerve absolutely deserves to be the world champion. Yeah. And Swerve, like, it would just be great to see this just absolutely despicable people yeah. <laughs> trying to screw each other and just being viciously mean to each other and insulting each other. Um, and also, like, Jay White would be another one. I would love to see dickhead Switchblade Jay White versus MJF. Yeah. And we're kind of getting a little bit of that with Adam Cole. Adam Cole's been a great baby face, but, you know, his core is, like, a very MJF-type arrogant yeah. heel who can talk. That's why I'm excited for them to be tag partners. I think that's going to be really entertaining. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I even... Int- I really... I. I'm surprised I didn't pick for my promo uh, MJF taking trying slowly taking his watch off as though he was going to save oh, Adam yeah, Cole yeah. from getting beat up. I'm coming. That was pretty good. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't as moving. Um, so my nerd fantasy booking is a pretty uh, basic one, but it's one that I feel like is a total fantasy and never going to happen, but also something that needs to happen mm-hmm. desperately. It's CM Punk versus the Elite. We just, it needs to happen. It has to happen. It has to. Whatever it's, you it's the kind of thing that if it doesn't happen, this is going to rot and fester and a limb is going to fall off. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's like, <laughs> at this point, we either need to do the antibiotic thing and just have them settle it in the ring. Yeah. Or we need to amputate. Because this is going to infect truly, the whole body. Truly. It's, I mean, it really needs to happen. Maybe they're working us right now because like they don't want to make it too obvious that they're eventually going to do this match. But it would be a great all-out match for this year. It would be great. It would also draw a lot of money. It would and draw I mean, a ton of money. It would be a great bookend on two years of drama. It would be, you know, it would just be. If CM Punk is to be believed, he is all for it. Yeah. But, I well, yeah. I read in the Meltzer newsletter uh, that they still have not even spoken. spoken. Uh, so. I mean, Let's yeah. get Orna from Couples Therapy in there. Oh, that would be great. Even if that was, instead of a wrestling match, they just did that. 
<laughs> oh yeah. yeah oh that actually that should be what it is because yeah. i i did have that idea of how much i would freak out if they actually got orna from couples therapy to like mm-hmm. do some kind of a promo with them where she's like giving them therapy oh, uh, yeah. together as a group um couples therapy is one of my new favorite shows it's on showtime it's great i've dabbled it's, it's very good um and she's wonderful and it would be so funny and so weird and just beautiful um if they could do that because be i mean they did do family therapy for the guns although that didn't have they didn't have a therapist did they it was i don't just remember i thought they didn't yeah, they didn't. Did they have somebody there? I think they just had like Jr. sit down with them or something. Yeah, like, I'm a licensed uh, yeah. criminal social worker. They just and, need uh, a they they need a therapist character or something. They do. I mean, they could get uh, the guy who used to do WWE, the guy who did the anger management things for Kane yeah. and Daniel Bryan, and then again for um. The thing Sasha is, Banks I think it'd be really unique and cool if they had someone like Orna who could be really real. Yeah, and not like over the top therapist. Like Shoot it would therapy. be just. Yeah, like shoot therapist stuff <laughs> happening. They need to figure it out. I mean, I don't know. I always feel like Kenny Omega is maybe down to do whatever because he just seems very like amenable. Mm-hmm. But yeah. who knows? And I think probably some of it is that CM Punk, like you said, is so unapproachable. And even though he's like, yeah, I'll talk to you guys, whatever. I'll do the match or whatever. Yeah. I feel like they probably can't predict how he's going to actually react if they start doing it. Yeah, I mean... Because that seems to be the thing with the Hangman situation, where it's like, Hangman did that promo, and maybe, like, I could see how it, like, reads to some people like Hangman was trying to provoke him with that, but there's also a narrative that's like, Hangman might have just been like, oh, yeah, I was just referencing, like, you know, all the rumors everybody's talking about of, like, you getting cult fired. Yeah, I mean, even (laughs) if he was trying to do it, I don't know. The whole thing is like, sure, maybe Hangman was wrong to do that, but it was like, I don't think that the the chain reaction that that is set off was warranted. I don't think he anticipated that. Like, I don't think that's what Hangman was trying to do. I think he was literally just trying to draw heat. Yeah, uh, he was just trying to pull on real life stuff, which is what CM Punk does. Yeah, and uh, so I think for them, they're probably scared because they're probably like, "Well, we don't know. Once we start doing promos to build this match, yeah. what's what's going to happen?" Is CM Punk here has not proven, even though he talks about being able to like take, he's not proven that yeah. he won't react to something. And it's like I can, you know, look, I've dealt with the people in my life that kind of remind me. Uh, of him and i'm just like I, it is can be really hard to talk to some people yeah. because i don't know like uh some yeah. people that are even close to you that it's like right. i don't know what your reaction is going to be and i don't yeah. want to deal with this um hangman also honestly pretty smartly has they said nothing said nothing about any of this since then they had that match he has not interacted with or spoken to or about cm punk since then mm-hmm. even though punk has Brought Accused his name him of shooting on him. Yeah, he's brought his name up many times. Yeah, uh, and he has never uh, just just not engaged at yeah. all, which is probably the best thing. You but can anyway, do. that was my fantasy nerd booking, and uh, that's all the time we have for this week. So that's right. So you know, buy uh, uh, we'll go, go buy a belt. Ne- yeah, go buy a belt. We'll see go you guys next belt. week. Bye. Bye.